Hello there. How are you? Welcome along to the podcast. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for that. Thank you to the sponsors as ever, local company to me, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Bang Olufsen underscore Cheltenham on social media, Bang Olufsen Cheltenham website, get your contact details for Jason Briggs and his team. And through that company, Serene AV, it's not just to find Bang Olufsen equipment available, it's also bespoke uh, those home entertainment solutions mentioned there in the blurb, the spiel, and it's uh, whatever suits your budget, your vision, worth speaking to Jason and his team. They are on social media and also AFC Cheltenham, his football team, local football team is on social media as well. Bang and Cheltenham housed in Montpellier in the heart of Cheltenham, not around the corner from where I live. Good local company, good people. And I hope they're all doing well at the moment as things start to warm up in the weather and, and restrictions continue to ease which is good here in the uk i hope you're well wherever you are and part of the i guess reappraisal for a lot of people of the past year is looking at health well-being and maybe supplements come into that and just to remind you of the association the podcast has with cytoplan which is a company based in the west of england as well near the town of Malvern, village of hanley swan and cytoplan specializes in food-based supplements that are digested as food would be but the whole range and raft what myself and my family under the stewardship of my father dr mark draper tend to lean towards the multivitamins in particular they have an immune complete range immune complete one for menstruating women who require that iron immune complete two for men and they have immunovite for for kids as well kids immunovite but they're basically holistic one-stop shop has your vitamin d3 which has been on the agenda over the last year of course when the sun hasn't been out trying to get that benefit best is, is natural through the sunlight, but not always possible in the UK, certainly. And if you're living in another Northern Hemisphere place that might be cloudy and dark for large sections of the year, then it's, it's always worth having that. has vitamin B12, B6, things that may be on your consideration, particularly the B12 if you're a vegan or, or looking at that way of, of going. And uh, vitamin C, of course, selenium and zinc, the trace elements. My father, Dr. Mark Draper, has been a big, I suppose, I guess, uh, trumpet blower for drummer bangs that drum because he's seen those depleting those trace elements in uk soil so he's been very focused on that and those are in the multivitamin immune complete from cytoplan have a one called foundation formula as well but if you'd like a discount at cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk it is draper 10r my last name all capital letters d-r-a-p-e-r the numbers one zero and the capital letter r which coincidentally stands for my middle name, but I don't think that's intentional. I'll leave you to ponder that. Anyway, on to the podcast. It's a short one today. It is uh, my old verbal sparring partner, one of them, uh, one of the guys I've learned a lot from the past few years. He is a local man, Mark Weir, former MMA, Taekwondo practitioner, UFC fighter. And Mark is now a trainer, particularly got a guy called Christian Duncan who's going really well with Cage Warriors in the UK. But we speak to Mark sometimes at Sky Sports, which I really appreciate his time and insight. And we talk about specific events, but I thought I'd share this with you because it riffed on some some themes of fighting, which you may find interesting. I know a few people listen to the podcast. A lot of people listen to the podcast have followed my journey as a boxing journalist and now covering mixed martial arts for Sky Sports as well. And I think he's uh, he touched on some issues here with Tony Ferguson, who's coming off uh, a loss to Benil Dariush in the UFC long-term contender. We talk about when you know it's time to go 
and Ferguson's now lost three on the slide and maybe too brave for his own good in some ways in terms of some awkward submission moves he's been put under, some arm bars and, and heel hook and some pretty gruesome situations that he's, his mind has got him through, but maybe his body is, is paying the cost now or will pay the cost in future years. And we talk about Charles Oliveira, his holistic all-round game and how he is the lightweight champion of the UFC, how that's carried in there after his win over Michael Chandler a couple of weekends ago. And beyond that, we talk about an interesting issue with Conor McGregor as he approaches his trilogy matchup with Dustin Poirier in that lightweight division in the UFC, 155 pounds. Uh, so what is that in, in English money? Just over 11 stone. He uh, he talks talks about this sort of decision for McGregor to remove himself from children now in the build-up to this match as he didn't in the second match of this series between the two when McGregor was stopped by Poirier in January on Fight Island in Dubai. And it's an interesting kind of thing. Mark talks about the need for fighters to basically go back to that primal savagery and distance themselves from from women and children, or if it's a woman, I suppose, a woman competing from their children and their husband maybe, and that, those softening effects of, of family and those positive emotions of love and what they can do to you in, in a sense when you need to be battle-hardened, hard, battle-ready. So here it is, a good conversation I had with Mark Weir for Sky Sports. Appreciate you listening to this. This Our videos of this up on the Sky Sports YouTube page as well if you'd like to see Mark and I in all our glory. Well, Mark anyway. So here he is, uh, the wonderful Mark. Hello there. Welcome along to another MMA conversation for Sky Sports. Responding to UFC 262 at the weekend from Texas. Wonderful to have the fans back. Wonderful to have a former UFC contender, current MMA coach, Mark Weir, to dissect this one for us. Mark, how much did you enjoy that? Uh, Ed, it was amazing. I, I was looking forward to it. It was like a... Is the fights are just getting so much better, even though it's locked down. It's just amazing. I only had a crowd as well, which is uh gives that a little bit more atmosphere. Yeah, it did, didn't it? And the fighters mentioned that it seemed like maybe it raised the notch a little bit of their adrenaline. Yeah, well, they like to play to their fans and that keeps the adrenaline going. And uh, they know they're being um filmed live, but it's even better when you've got the crowd there as well to make you feel more present. What about Charles Oliveira then? Made his debut in 2010, he's in his prime age for a fighter now, and now he is the lightweight champion. How impressive, not only overall in his career to achieve this, but what he achieved on the night in terms of coming back from that adversity. Yeah, it's like uh, amazing. It shows that he's got such a, must be a real good punch power mind. It's like, uh, I, I thought to, to myself that it'd be more on the submission side, pick and move, don't get hit. But when he came out round two, uh, wow, the power was there and it's like it, stand, it stands out. He's, he's got to be the most complete, one of the most complete MMA fighters on the roster now. Yeah, because he's he's been acclaimed in, in the past for his his ground game, his submissions, his jiu-jitsu, yeah. but that was that was a sort of left hook that Dillian White would be proud of, wasn't it? A top boxer. Yeah, uh, prior to it, uh reason why uh, I was picking him is uh, when you look at his stats as well, he's uh, 16 finishes, 18, uh, 14 su uh, submissions, and uh, 16 performances on night bonuses. And that means he's gone to 17 now. 17 performances on night bonuses. And his winning streak's gone to nine. Is that right? Uh, nine in a row. So, yeah. you know, all this. And then I looked at Chandler. It's his first time in the uh, UFC. Not me funny. Even when you have fights consecutively, the UFC level is, uh, I believe, is always slightly higher. So the champion's there gives you a bit more um, experience. And that's why you know, he had a quick fight, you know, um, Mark Chandler had a quick fight. I think it wasn't long enough for him. And uh, mm -hmm. so to me, it wasn't really um, a, you know, a real good debut in a way that, you know, to get experience wise. Yeah, well, it was pacing the issue for Chandler. How will he reflect on it? Some judges gave him 
10-8 for that first round, which I don't know what you'll make of it because it was a bit there's a bit of come back and forth in in that yeah. first round. But did you think that maybe Chandler went went for that big early finish? He was predicting an early finish, wasn't he? Pre-fight, did he put too much pressure on himself and perhaps gassed a little bit? I, I don't think that's where he fights. They said he's a forward fighter, and they said it's where he should be fighting. And if you look at the first round, he was doing everything everything to the book. He was doing right. Michael Chandler's spot on. I, I believe you know he's one of the most dangerous guys out there. But then when you see Charles Alvarez, the way he, way he just composed himself, he looks a bit of a bookworm when he comes out with his glasses on. And, you know, he looks like a guy who shouldn't be fighting, if anything. But he comes out, he's very methodical. Like everybody says, he, he doesn't just swing, you know, swing uh, for the bleachers. He actually methodical. Everything's precise. His hand's up even when he's throwing his hooks. He wasn't just swinging. You know, if you look at his uh, right hand was up. Everything is just, he's a great um, sort of a role model for everybody to watch to how to be a, um, a, a perfectionist. He's tough as well, isn't he? That first round, he was taking some heavy shots there. Yeah, yeah, very, very heavy shots. Um, but he knew, to, he, I think he expected that. Because uh, uh, the first one stood out to me when he met is the reach. It stood yeah. out. He's like, uh, you know, uh, Charles was like, uh, picking out long distance. And I noticed Chandler realised that he wasn't catching him first. So he was trying, just trying to get in close, which means he had to take a couple. So I thought that was going to pay dividends later on in the round. But obviously I didn't realise it was going to be that quick. How important was it that Chandler was met in the, in the middle of the cage, that Charles Oliveira didn't run away from him? Because it's always full of momentum, isn't it, for Michael Chandler? But it seemed to be that Oliveira, albeit with his boxing stand-up skills, he just stepped back a little bit. Yeah, he didn't really um, go forward. He's more the slipping. Yeah, mm. The pressure came from him not backing up. Um, and every time he slipped to hit, he just came a nudge forward. Then he did the same again, nudge forward. And then uh, he got caught, if you remember, in the first round, and he shot in. So he's he's all and he's well rounded. So he's ready to change levels, which is MMA. He's you know, like I said, he's a role model for MMA. You know what to do against what fighter, and um, he basically showed a hole. And well, in Mike Chandler, just don't get hit by him. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and for Chandler as well. Do you think there is there there is a, maybe a blueprint now to beat him? I know obviously we know he's fought in Bellator before and had defeats before, but do you feel that perhaps that, that Oliveira has, has created a blueprint for? For maybe being being clever with him and exposing Chandler's lack of reach, maybe. Yeah, possibly, but only if you're as good as him on the ground. <laughs> because uh, you got to think he caught him on the ground, potential submission, and he, Michael Chandler still got out of it. So what does that say to him? That means that he's definitely up there. He deserves to be there. And um, I think anybody comes along, they're going to have a hard job because they, they, besides his punching power is outstanding and the ground game, him escaping it because they reckon his wrestling is uh is you know second to none. So yeah, he's, he's got a well rounded game. Never been submitted. There's talk of uh, of Chandler now taking on Justin Gaethje, who's coming off a loss. How would you see that? Would you like to see that? Uh, yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. I I think um, uh, the guy that that division is packed. I think Michael Chandler just wants to get back up. He, he noticed his statement was, uh, "I will return. I will have that belt round round my waist." You know. Uh, so I, I think he he's gonna go home, recuperate, and uh, you know, be back soon and with a vengeance. How, how long do you think Charles Oliveira could reign for now? Because it's a very competitive division, isn't it? We've got the, the Poirier and McGregor fight, fight three to come this summer. But do you feel that Oliveira can be the, the clear number one by the, by the end of this year, start of next year? Well, prior to, prior to this, remember, we did one prior. We were talking to, you know, coming up to, I think it was the Gaethje fight, I think we were talking about it. And we said that everybody, you know, the title should be to, down to someone fighting him. Don't matter who it is, he deserves to be there. And he showed it. Uh, the way he won, he won was outstanding. It wasn't like it was a close fight. It was outstanding in all areas. 
So to me, I think he could clean up, and I think he could be the the man uh, to probably uh, probably reign, you know, yeah. probably reign for at least another couple of years. Do you see him take on the winner of Poirier McGregor? That seems to be the plan. Yeah, McGregor is really everybody loves that because of the the attention, the money, and your fame goals that never level up. <laughs> do you think what would the UFC want do you think they'd want they want either Poirier and Oliveira to be the, the champion come the end of the year just because maybe McGregor's not always that active not always that focused on, on the UFC uh, possibly but um, I think when it comes to entertainment it, the more fans that draws in you got to, what you got to remember people once they see one entertainment fight they stay there looking for others it don't always disappear so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter about the consistency um, Conor McGregor can just appear, draw fans, and disappear again. Because uh, you got to remember, he has um, probably bo- uh, boosted the sport. Yeah. What do you think of, um, the, say, say, imaginary matchup, Dustin Poirier against Charles Oliveira? How does that play out? Because we saw the calf kick early from Oliveira as well, didn't we? Which was almost from the, the yes. Poirier playbook in the rematch against McGregor. It'd be intriguing, that, wouldn't it? I don't know. Where would you see the actual main action playing out on the in the stand-up Charles or on the ground? Charles Oliveira has got an answer to everybody. I, I, he's one of those people, he's methodical. He comes out and he, he's so confident when he comes out, but not in a cocky way. You can tell that he's done his homework. He looks like he's done his done his work. He's trained hard and he's ready to go. Uh, coming out, I looked at, I was looking at his persona and he didn't look like that bothered. He looked like it was just another same old fight. But when I, you know, when I said about the stats, about the 16 finishes, or oh, so much, 17 finishes now, sorry. And he's going up performance, mm. so it was night bonus again gone to 17, he's like, in all areas, he's got the confidence. And at the moment, he's on a, a win-win situation. He doesn't matter how much the table turns on him. He strengths for adversity. He knows he can he can beat a person. He, he works smart as he's fighting, which is a dangerous guy. Reminds me a little bit of uh, John Jones. Very clever. Mm. And if Charles Oliveira was to come up against Conor McGregor, what he showed at the weekend is, is punch resistance, which would be key against McGregor, wouldn't it? Yes, but I think uh, Charles was fighting, uh, um, again, uh, Connor, I think he'd probably take it to the ground more so, or against the cage. He's, his ground game is on another level, and uh, uh, he's shown weakness in the in the ground area, the ground game area. Mm, Connor has, yeah, sure, yeah, so Connor has, yeah. Uh, what What about Tony Ferguson? I want to get your reflections on this because it wasn't that long ago. It seemed like he was coming to the summit of the lightweight division, but it's now three defeats back to back after the loss to BNL Dariush, the uh, unanimous decision loss at the weekend. How do you reflect on Tony Ferguson's situation? Is he on a permanent slide now or is this just a kind of ebb and flow of momentum? Yeah, you know, um, the way he held him down was way to win, but he, like I say, he didn't really get any fans from that. I, I found it not as entertaining fight as I thought it, thought it was going to be. Um, Tony Ferguson, I think, is an amazing fighter, uh, or worse. <laughs> you know, I still, I'm, I'm still, you know, rushed to seats to, to watch him fight. He's a bit disappointing at the moment. Um, I'm hoping that he can turn a corner. Uh, it's either that or he might just give up. I'm not sure. Uh, I looked at some of the press conference. Um, Dana wasn't that impressed. Uh, he wasn't sure himself which direction he's going to go. But uh, I'd like the, you know, the old Ferguson to come back. Or, you know, he's, I, I think he's still got ability there. But whether he can match to top 10, I'm not sure, top five. How do you know, Mark, when it's time to, to call it a day? How do you know when it's a permanent slide or you've just come across the wrong guy on the wrong night? Is it people who you trust saying something to you? Or is it trusting your own body? Is it watching tape back, comparing yourself with you in your prime and saying, I've lost a step? How did you go through that process? Right. This happens to everybody. Um, even myself, I knew about this prior. But I studied fighting from a, from a real young age. 
what happens uh, as you get older, just generally, uh, you become more conscious, more emotional. Uh, if you look at older generation, grandparents, whatever, you're more emotional towards kids, grandchildren, stuff like that. When you're younger, you're not. You're more carefree. This is why uh, when you see young fighters in their 20s, um, even if they, they get a loss, they can bounce back because they don't care. They're, they're not that conscious about what's just happened. As you get older, you get conscious about everything. You're more conscious about somebody's winning streak, someone's ability. And also, if you have a loss, it hits you more emotionally. Uh, it's emotional side. So the only downside to this, um, bangs back, if you look at Ferguson, is whether he's taking it emotionally because he is getting on now. Um, you know, as he had a few fights, you do have more depth of thought. Have you seen guys yourself? They've had a couple a couple of losses and then suddenly they bounce back, like, you know, from nowhere and they even get better. But what happens is that they can only really do that, I believe, when they're young. When they start getting into the later ages, because of science, you know, because of the way everything happens, you know, it's like they get more conscious and they can't bounce back. It's too, it's hit their emotional side and they constantly thinking about their losses when they fight next. You start overthinking it and perhaps because your life is more complicated as you get older as well, isn't it? Maybe yes. more responsibilities, mortgages, whatever it may be, kids, family. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just um, in more depth about everything. You just, um, you're just thinking about life. When you're younger, mm. you don't care. You know, you're, you're immortal as far as you're concerned. That's why I see a young guy lose. I don't really care. When I see them older, uh, older person into mature age of maybe mid 30s 40s i don't know i sometimes i think you can never come back from that where, where does bravery meet folly because for those of us who sit on the couch who have never had the cojones to, to get in there in the ring in, in boxing or the mma cage we we love to see bravery of the light that tony ferguson shows a lot but when you look at what happens against charles Oliveira, the arm bar that he held out the heel hook at the weekend where it seemed like his knee popped and i believe uh dario said that, that he heard the, the knee pop where does bravery become folly in the sense of your longevity? When, when do you have to just take a loss? What's your take on that, Mark? Okay, my take on that is I've been in positions, situations, uh, even when I'm being struck, uh, at the end of the day, this is why I used to think, I'm not going to die. <laughs> if it's a real fight on a street and potentially it could be my life, then mm. I'll think twice. I might get up, fight to get up and run. But um, when you're in a cage, it's a sport. Uh, you might get hurt, you might get knocked out, you know, they might, might break your arm even, but you know it's going to heal, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, you're not going to die. I, I think that mindset, people fear pain, That's the, but a lot of them, if they get, if they're, they're fearing that, they don't fight. I'm a person, I don't fear, fear pain, uh, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to heal, I'm not going to die, that's what was my drive, I know it's safe to a degree. Yeah, and it's, the, the, you talk about the life beyond that. You're coaching, you're training now. That's your business as well. But when you tap out earlier, you will suffer less injury, won't you? Which is the rest of your life to, to, to be considered here. Because Josh Thompson heard him recently, former UFC fighter, saying that actually he's got injuries now from maybe holding on too long in fights or, or, or injuries he's picking up that are affecting his, his day to day now. It's, that's about you have to think a little bit to that life beyond, do you? Yeah, a lot of people. It does, it does have that uh, playing on your mind when um, you get an injury. But uh, a lot of times, like I said, you know, if you're young and you're fit, it should heal within reason. Um, in a gym, you always tap, you know, mm. earlier rather than late because you want to go into the fight reasonably 100%. But when you're fighting, your adrenaline's going, you've got the potential of your living, you know, because obviously you're getting paid, you've got your family and friends watching, you'll go that extra, extra, extra distance. And sometimes it's too far. You don't know, no one really knows when it's going to snap. Okay. <laughs> they hope it's not. Yeah. Um, take me forward a year from now. Who do you see being the lightweight king in the UFC? 
definitely Charles Oliveira. Everybody, we've been talking about him for the last uh, six months or so, say that he's uh, on a streak. And uh, the, just the performance itself showed it. I didn't expect him to beat Chandler like that. No, no, no way. It's uh, And uh, it showed, it wasn't like a straight run. You know, he straight through adversity, he got caught. But as soon as he got hit, he changed levels. And, you know, his, his ground game, everything. And even when he escaped, you know, he's still determined to go forward. He's, he's got a fighter's heart. But the main thing, he's so intelligent. I can't see Charles losing for a while if he, you know, if he keeps that mindset. I think nine times out of 10, some people defeat themselves is when they get too confident and they don't create a focus on maintaining. Yeah, very studious look, as you mentioned, with the spectacles as well. That may be catching on. And he's, he's such a great fighter. And uh, we look forward to seeing Charles Oliveira in his prime at 31. What about, uh, while, while you're here, Mark, just give us your thoughts, your analysis of, of McGregor Poirier 3. Is it different than McGregor Poirier 2? Do you see it playing out differently? Yes. Uh, what I've seen, which I told you I don't do, I don't have uh, uh, family around me. McGregor had family around him a lot when he trains. Mm. I've heard that he's told him to go home and he's locked himself up. He's put himself in that, the old cave scenario where, you know, yeah, he knows he's been punished and he's there for a reason. And McGregor's, he's dangerous. You know, he originally came from cage warriors from this, you know, this side of the, the, the pond. So, you know, looking at him, he's doing the right thing. You sometimes, like the old Rocky film, you've got to like, is that Rocky four? You have to go back to struggling, the hardship. Look at the, the old guys and, you know, I think he does it a lot of times in his movies. He shows you that you sometimes you have to return back to where you came from. You know, Rocky Three did it, Rocky Four, go back to where the hunger is. Yeah, he's admitted that on Fight Island, the shift between being with his family, the softening effect of that, and then trying to switch on the fight mode was too difficult for him to, I guess, to, to get that primal sort of savagery out. And that's something you talked about before the fight, wasn't it? And he's, he's, he should have spoken to you earlier. Yeah, I, I never let any of my fighters go near loved ones and stuff. Um, I always say I try to explain to them the day before, watch things of violence before uh, fighting and uh, get their uh, motivation, get their uh, determination up, your testosterone. You, you know, when you go out there, not in that you want to kill, but you want to be wanted to hurt someone. So you don't want anything. I don't believe in hugging and kissing and anything emotional. I think it's got to be the opposite side. You want to go out there, you know, um, you, know you don't want to tap. You don't want to get knocked out. Your determination's got to be at your forefront. And you've got a fighter going well at the moment. Tell us about him. Yes, uh, yeah, Christian Duncan. Um, he's got, <laughs> unbelievable, he's got this uh, rematch coming up on uh, 24th of June in the Cage Warriors. It's their trilogy they've been doing. And uh, he's on a winning streak and a half. But um, this guy's got a big um, following, the guy he's fighting. But um, I think with Christian, it's still early days. Uh, he, he did amazing. He won a Grand Prix in amateurs. So he's deserving and people thought, right, this is uh, professional, it's not the same, but he seems to be just, a, just the same sort of character. He's unbelievable. He's knocking everybody out, if not the first or second round. And, um, but I said to him first, get at least past five fights. Um, then you'd have the experience behind you because he hasn't done more than 12 minutes yet. <laughs> so he hasn't okay. done a round. So I said, <laughs> get five fights behind you, get, you know, get uh, some um, bad position, strength for adversity, see what it's like. And then we can, we've got something to work on then. At the moment, what? He's, he's just fighting with his natural ability. Christian Duncan from Gloucester. What weight division is he in? Um, middleweight. Middleweight. Yeah, and, 184 and, kilograms. And, yeah. Uh, pants, and it, it, is he from a kicking background like yourself or what's, what's his kind of foundation? No, he's originally a basketball player, so he's got agility. And um, when he first came to me, I showed him a few kicks. He's quite, wasn't very flexible, but he picked up really well. Showed him wrestling, he picked it really well. 
he's more of a proper modern day martial artist where he's learning all areas at the same time. He's doing wrestling, he's doing jiu-jitsu, he's doing kickboxing. And uh, we just uh, basically segment each area, work on it. And I'm the main one to put it all together, uh, what he needs to do, um, looking at his weakness and just um, sort of like filling the gaps. So he's a well-rounded fighter. We look forward to seeing his progress, but you do train regular members of the public as, as well. Tell us about that, because this is it. You've got to go in a minute, because Monday, May the 17th, yes. you've yeah, been released. Yeah, you've yeah. got people back. Yeah, it's been, uh, well, everybody's been released, allowed back out now. And I think the cinema, that's what I'm looking for, is opened <laughs> up again. So, yeah, we can get together a bit more. I think the restrictions have lessened in a way that we can get bigger groups. But, um, yeah, I'm looking to get back to the public. We've still got social distancing in play, so we've still got to do individual drills. Uh, but obviously June the 21st is when we can interact, hopefully. But um, yeah, so I've got public classes. I can start making money, a bit more money because uh, the way it is in martial arts, it's not very, uh, one-to-ones is okay, but you, you know, we've survived off the public classes. Mm. And that's the main thing. Remind us of the gym name, if people in the West Country uh, range, come down. Yes, Gloucester Range Martial Arts. Uh, you can't miss it, it's essential. And there's a lovely place called the Keys. Uh, it's, main, it's one of the main things in the center. It's not far from there. Yeah, do, do a bit of shopping, do a bit of MMA training down there, Gloucester Keys, very picturesque. Thank you very much, yeah. Mark. Appreciate your time. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm looking for uh, just say uh, if anybody's interested, Raw Curry versus uh, Christian Duncan, you can catch that on uh, Cage Warriors. Good stuff, Mark. Weir, thank you very much. Thank you for watching, guys. For more MMA content, head to skysports.com. Well, let me know if you enjoy those ones, Mark Weir, conversation for Sky Sports up on the YouTube page in various segments at Sky Sports YouTube and uh, also pieces on the website as well around it. I wrote one up, I think, for them, a written piece. Uh, so thank you for listening to that. And do let me know on iTunes, rate it or whatever platform you're listening, including Spotify. The podcast is available there on multiple platforms, I believe around 12, 13, maybe a few that I know some people still want to have it on and, and it's not on it's difficult isn't it now it's so many the infinite internet so many platforms so many places to try and get things we're all, all our attention diverted all over the place and what we find convenient and best for us is not one unified spot although i suppose apple historically itunes has been as close to that as possible but that's changing isn't it all the time with more podcast platforms arriving thank you for listening to the podcast if you want to reach out to me ed draper 81 on twitter ed underscore draper 81 on instagram thank you for listening i do appreciate it please spread the word if it's online but if it's in person i think it's always powerful when people refer podcasts for me who i trust and, and friends and and people i respect it's always significant so if you do that that's just as good in, in my book if not more significant people are more likely to listen i think if it's someone telling them who they believe in Thank you to the sponsors as well. Huge support over the past, what, 14 months now? Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. And remember, if you're looking to optimize your immunity, and if you want a sort of uh, reference point for these, there are podcasts I did last year, and I will do another one soon, actually, with my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who is, uh, has worked as a consultant for Cytoplan, just about why he believes that trace element supplementation is important and uh, you can check that out last year but cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk for a range of supplements and vitamins and that discount code draper10r d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numbers one zero and the capital letter r i typically uh, revolve around the, the immune complete range now immune complete two for me as an adult male and i often top up with vitamin c if i'm feeling 
just a little bit poorly. Those sore throats that have maybe had us in a quandary over the past year. Is it is it coronavirus? Is it not? Typically, it's not because I get tested all the time. It hasn't been anyway. Haven't had it yet. But yeah, it's good to have that that immune backup. In, in allied, of course, to sleep, which has been my Achilles heel through my career as a journalist, working shift work and exercise and diet, all the fulcrums. It's, there's so many pillars to health, isn't there? Emotional health as well, social health, seeing people, friends. But certainly that little bit of boost of the immunity is, is something I've appreciated from Cytoplan. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. Have a good rest of the week and look out for my podcast coming up with Trist Dixon out. Should be Thursday, the 27th of May which is new book, Damage, the Untold Story of Brain Trauma in Boxing. And uh, look up that book as well, maybe beforehand, or just listen to the podcast because Tris is it's very emotional and very anxious about it because it's something that he's done as a, a release, uh, as a conscience of someone who's covered boxing, fought himself a little bit as a cruiserweight as well, but is, is someone who wants to lay bare the realities of a career in pugilism and the grim realities of getting hit in the head. Not many escape from significant consequences. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. And goodbye for now, guys.